the underdog. This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network, where we talk US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. With us today, we've got another privateer hero. It's Kyle Bitterman. How are you, dude? Oh, I'm hanging in there, man. Living life. That's the way. That's the way. Hey, um, so you were going to be racing at um, at Arlington, but uh, but not anymore. That's a bit of a bummer. You want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so we, uh, we've been racing the, the AMA Kicker Arena Cross Series, and um, with our team and a bunch of our sponsors, we had an opportunity to pop over since we had a couple off, off weekends with Arena Cross. So we're like, hey, do you guys want to do a couple of Supercross rounds? And, you know, me and the other guy on the team, Isaiah, were like, absolutely, dude, we'd love to, you know. And, uh, yeah, we were um, getting the Supercross bike ready. And uh, sorry about that. Yeah, Monday breaking it in you know because we had just got a just done a rebuild on the bike and we had a part that kind of just let go on us and just a freak thing you know nobody's fault it was just you know one of those things that things happen and uh yeah we had a, a rod let go on us and on face of a jump and luckily i was able to escape without getting hurt or anything and and yeah just kind of did a damper on the, our whole plan there to go to arlington but uh, it, it tore up the motor, bent the rod, uh, piston, cylinder, cases, just did some damage to it, that's for sure. Yeah, bummer, dude. Bummer. That's that good. Do you reckon you might get uh, get it sorted out for a Daytona? Yeah, we already had uh, we had some people come together and some awesome group of people to, to let me use a loaner motor for Daytona, so that was cool. So we'll, we'll be good to go for the Daytona Supercross part. And we're, we're already going to be down there for the Arena Cross part as well. Love it, man. That's the go. It's good how the moto community comes together like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's a bit too, bit too short for this weekend. But, yeah. And luckily, man, the main thing is that you're all right because, fuck, like, yeah. Rod letting go on the face of a jump is like, that's that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? Yeah. And, and like, we were talking to the guys that were at the track with me, you know, like, if it could have happened anywhere, really, if uh, the, the spot that it happened was uh, about a second a second away from being really bad, but yep. where it happened, you know, I was able to kind of lock it up, skid over the face, and then I uh, crashed and hit the ground. But, you know, a second later, I would have been, you know, 50 foot in the air heading across. Yeah. I was pretty thankful that it did did let go where it did. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, that's uh, someone's looking after you there. Hey, that's yeah. for sure. Somebody yeah. else definitely looking over. So I was, I was pumped on it. We, cool, we got, man. Cool. Got some bruising on the foot, but nothing, nothing that we can't ride through. Yep. Yeah, that's the way, man. Cool, man. We might just, um, I might just get your your take on um, on the Supercross season so far, just season twenty four. We might just start there, man. Um, you know what um what's your thoughts who's who's the contenders who's the 450 contenders at the moment like it's a bit hard to figure out there's differing opinions of of who the contenders are yeah the 450 supercross man yeah. I, I think everybody's still trying to figure that out really i mean obviously you got your your top guys you know you got roxon uh lawrence tomac anderson and plenty of other guys sexton the championship guy but Really, I think I think these next few races are really when the points will actually start to separate 
and kind of you'll see who's going to start taking charge of the championship. But right now, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of up in the air. And, you know, obviously, I feel like Jet has a like upper hand on those guys with speed wise. But like Roxon, he's so good and being consistent and and he's been there, done that. So I think he's got he you know, he's got that edge on those guys and the veteran in the class kind of. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of pulling for Kenny this year on, uh, personally. So I, I, I hope he can do it. Yeah, I'm a little bit the same, man. Like, I, I got a really good feeling about Kenny. I really do, you know. Like, um, he, uh, he seems, you know, the the results don't match what the eye test has been like, do they? You know, like the eye test. He looks really good, you know. Um, he looks sharp. So he does, man. He he, he sh- looks sharp. He's happy, um, and he just seems like really, really comfortable. Really, sort of locked in. So. Uh, yeah, I uh, I got a good feeling about him this weekend, actually. So, yeah, yeah I think this, yeah. you know, being Arlington, kind of that like that clay, the hard base. Even we seen it last weekend in Glendale, uh, where it kind of got a little slick, you know, uh, not a lot of traction. So those guys had to start using the throttle control on the 450. And Kenny's so good at that, and I think that's why he did did pretty well in the main event. So I think in Arlington. You'll see similar similar to all that, but I think, you know, Chase is going to be pretty good, and he had that hand injury and stuff, but I think he's going to come on pretty strong too because obviously he wants to keep uh, fighting for the championship, being the defending champion, you know. He's going he's gonna, to not going to let it go down easy. Yeah, I'm really hoping that um, that, that injury is like it's fine. It's all good now, you know. I don't want – I'd hate for, to lose – for Chase to lose an edge, you know, because of that. Right. Um, so hopefully he comes out far and that, but um, it's just shaping up as a really cool season, isn't it, man? Like it's it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I'm excited to watch tomorrow. You know, I'm bummed that I'm not there. Mm. But still, I mean, even when we're at the arena crosses Saturdays, you know, we're we're always glued to our phones, tablets. We love it. Yeah, I'm excited to yeah. see. That's the way, man. What about the two fifties, man? Like, so we're back east, uh, back for yeah, it's round round two of the east. Um, personally, man, I, I'm really, I'm really rooting for Faulkner in this, in this East Coast, you know, I yeah. just, I, I want him to get it done. He deserves it. I think, you know, yeah. he's got the speed, he's got the talent. Um, if he can put it all together, I think he can do it. Uh, I think we'll, we'll see kind of like a different Ar- Arlington this weekend compared to we seen, what was it? Detroit, uh, is when they had the, the first turn pilot. That was Detroit, I believe. Yeah. 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 That, that so- you know, so. You'll have Deegan, VL, uh, uh, McAdoo. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that could really shake, mm. shake, fight for wins. But if Four, if Fortner can stay in that that uh, that title fight, and you know at least be a podium guy, if not win again, I think uh, I think his season looks good if he can stay stay up there. Yeah, yeah, it'd be just just such a great story, you know. Like what? What are you know? If if I was if I was writing writing the script, you know, man, I would want I would want a Deegan Faulkner battle, you know, <laughs> battle royale through the. Uh, but I but I want Forky to win. Deegan's going to win heaps of stuff, you know. <laughs> like he's I think he's got a good future. So I want Faulkner to get that two fifty title that he deserves. Yeah, I think we're going to see it at some point. We're we're definitely going to see that battle and and probably a, a mix of other guys in there too. Uh, the two of the East class is definitely pretty, pretty stacked as well. And it's deep all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
Cool, cool. Well, enough about enough about other riders. Hey, let's talk a bit about uh, let's talk a bit about Cole Bitterman, man. Where did the underdog nickname come from? I've seen that on your socials. Where'd that come from? Yeah, so that's kind of like uh, uh, I want to say it was like I was like early in my amateur schoolboy days or something, and my dad just kind of, you know, he came to me the one day. He's like, you know what, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you the underdog. And you know, at first when I was younger, I didn't really understand what he was talking about or you know, what he meant by all that. But yeah, it kind of just stuck too. And, uh, you know, coming, coming from like the family I did, we didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of things. And, and being in the motorsports industry, if you, if you don't have funding, it's, it's very tough to, to make things happen just because just staying on the bike, uh, staying riding, you're always going through parts. You're always traveling. It's just, it's nonstop battle with the, with the funding. So, uh, being limited there and, uh, yeah, just having my dad trying to do all he could do. And uh, among a lot of other guys, I'm sure had similar struggles. But, yeah, man, I seemed like we were, you know, maybe on the lower end of that. But And somehow I just always keep pushing through and uh, somehow able to stay at it. And every once in a while just be able to put a good enough result in to, to keep old pops motivated to keep pushing forward and keep myself pushing forward and, and yeah, here we are, you know, 15, I think it's what, 15 years later, racing pro. So thankful to, to be doing that. That's for sure. Maybe 12 years. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking at your results, you know, every guest that comes on always just brush up on their results, man. And yeah, um, 20, 2014, you got a couple of, couple of um, top 20s in the 250 supercross vegas and east rutherford so yeah yeah that's actually yeah, yeah, so. you see the bike in the background that's the uh east rutherford uh 250 main bike right there no nice, first supercross main so that was cool but uh yeah I, I hope to to make a couple more mains this year in in the two, 250 class i feel like <clears throat> i feel like i've been riding good enough to be able to do that now you know it it always doesn't always translate on race weekends, but uh, I feel like I have the speed and the potential to be back in, in the, those main events. So uh, I'm hoping to do that, but, you know, just, hey, we're there's arena cross guys still, and I've been doing the arena cross since, shoot, I think like 20, 2013 on and off, and we've been doing it full time since pretty much 2018. So I... I kind of kind of found a home in the arena cross and where I was able to kind of put my skill set and and uh, yeah have good results and you know kind of make a decent little living out of all that so then pumped pumped on all that. Yeah, man, the arena cross you're probably making more money, I'd say than than yeah. if you were just yeah. I think it's uh it's like give and take. You know, you definitely. If you do well, if you get on the podium, you get some bonuses and stuff like that. You can definitely make more money than you would by just being a main event guy in Supercross. But I think it kind of comes down to where, you know, uh, you have the full factory or semi-factory support. Supercross is so tough. It's so demanding. You know, just bike, physically, mentally, just everything. And uh, yeah, I just feel like the resources I've have had and have, I feel like uh, arena cross is a good spot for me. And, and I feel like I can be competitive there. I can show up and on certain weekends, I feel like I could possibly win. 
and uh, I show them the speed to have that. So that's kind of a cool thing, Casey, coming back. You know, if you have that drive and, and like, opportunity to win or podium or do good, it, it's a lot better than maybe, like, fighting for a 10-15th or just getting into a main event. It's a little bit more motivating to, to I don't know, come home with a trophy, right? Yeah, hell yeah, man. I, I love the arena cross, man. I, like, uh, us Aussies, we, we, we are pissed, man, that we – we can't watch it. There's no, we don't have a way to watch it, like because it looks so good. But you know, I keep an eye on the results and that sort of thing. Man. You've certainly been close to a win, man, this season. So you've been you're knocking on the door, and well, and last year, and you know, so um, yeah, I think we can make it happen. I'm hoping, you know, I hope I hope Daytona goes good for us, and then and then we just have that one one shot left at Vegas. So uh, we got, I think, uh, four rounds left. Yeah, four rounds left to make it happen. So. You know, we got eight main events, and hopefully we can get one or two of those, or, you know, three or four, who knows. Yeah, and you're looking really uh, good for a um, for another podium, season podium, so. Yeah, I'm definitely pumped on that. You know, I'd, I'd love to be, you know, the, the second, if not the championship guy. But uh, honestly, I had a, a few kind of just bummer things happen. You know, I came together with KP. I was – end up getting a concussion i had to sit out a whole main event um and i had a couple bad ones where uh i crashed and uh the field was so far gone i had to settle for you know 10th 11th and so i've had some bad ones that kind of put me back in points but you know overall to be sitting third with all i've gone through it's you know pretty good to be you know at least still in a somewhat of a fight there it sure is man it sure is yeah do you ever um do you ever cross over and do a um do one of the you know the other series events? Have you done any of that crossed over to those the the kicker or no nah, that's an old name whatever the other one's called you know do you ever give them a shot? We do the the kicker the AMA one and then uh, the GT one. We did the very first round of the GT series, so I was able to get a I think I got a third on the on the first round of that one in the GT series, so. Uh, and that was pretty stacked because we had, you know, a bunch of Supercross guys, a bunch of the GT guys, kicker guys. So we are all kind of there, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. But from then on out, all our, our series were, like, on the same date, so we weren't able to pop back and forth. So yeah. and now we're able to kind of dabble into a to the few of the East Supercross rounds. Nice, man. Just touching back on your um... – so you are uh, you're from I wrote down, wrote down your hometown here from from Lockport. Yeah. So um, yeah, New York up is is that what they call upstate New York? That is what uh, what we call Western New York. So it's uh, oh yeah, yeah Western New York Motocross Association. You know, so, um, we're up there in the Western New York, and we still I go back there every September and race a local race. Uh, it's called the Can Am at Area Fifty One. Uh, it's like a place 20 minutes from my hometown. We go back there every year and kind of kind of nostalgic to go back to the first place that I actually raced at and, and kind of go see a bunch of friends and family and, yeah, and go back and rip the, the old hometown dirt, right? Did you, when you when you uh, got in the main at East Rutherford, did you get many, like, family come down for that? Like, I, I, I'm not sure exactly how far it is. I guess it's not, like, super close, but... Is it? Did it feel a little bit hometown when you did that? Yeah, it definitely had like some 
I guess you would say hometown vibes. And there was a lot of people I knew there, a lot of, you know, the, of the uh, New, New York State motocross community. There was a bunch of people there. And uh, I definitely had some friends and family there. But it felt nice to kind of, you know, be able to put it up in the main by. And it was kind of cool because I, I won the LCQ there to get in the main. So that was kind of cool because I was able to do an interview that wasn't on TV, but it was live in the stadium. So it was yeah. pretty no, it was like I think there was like sixty-seven thousand people. I don't know. It was like sixty thousand people there that day. It was pretty packed, so it was pretty cool to be able to get up there. I had a bunch of, you know, messages after the race to just people sending me podiums of being out there on the track and taking their interview and stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool, man. Yeah. So your sort of nearest, your nearest um, major cities, Buffalo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So you're a Bills fan. I'm I'm not a football fan, but my whole friends, family, everybody, they're all all about the Buffalo Bills. So I I'm kind of am a little bit of a fan just because I kind of that's one of the only teams I really know about and who kind of plays for them, you know. So yeah, I could guess you call myself a little bit of a Bills fan. Cool man. How, like, how far from where you live is it to East Rutherford? Is it to Jersey? Yeah, to uh, East Rutherford, I think it was about seven hours. It was it was a good ride, you know. Yeah, yeah. kind of the other side of the whole state, pretty much. Yeah, cool, cool. No worries. Yeah, because it. Yeah, obviously, you know, when you're the other side of the world, and you look it up on the map, you sort of think, oh, that's not far. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, but, yeah, but and it, was, it, uh, it obviously is. Yeah. Since I've since I moved to South Carolina when I was, I think I was fourteen. So I moved to South Carolina then, and uh, we're pretty like an hour and a half from Atlanta, Georgia. So Atlanta, that's kind of became like the home race here down south. You know, so we have lots of friends and family that come out to that one. And it was kind of cool because I was able to kind of race both, you know. I got the the feeling of that one up there in New York, and then every year really uh, coming to Atlanta and racing that one and the Supercross. I kind of missed the old Georgia Dome, though. I'd I do do enjoy going back to the Georgia Dome, even though it's been at the Speedway the fa- past few years. But uh, we were we were in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I think it was once or twice. But still, I miss going back to the Georgia Dome. Yeah, I, I can't remember what happened there. I think it might have just was it might have been um, was it cost or was there was it clashing with another sport or something? I can't remember what what happened there. <laughs> I don't remember if it was like well, like why we don't go back to the Mercedes-Benz series. Um, yeah. I've heard rumors that it was like the fee to clean up the like the dirt to get the dirt out of the stadium like they want to charge them like a crazy fee to clean like the seats, the just everything. So I heard that they just said there's no more dirt going in this building. So that's what I've heard but I don't know personally. Okay, yeah. But I yeah. I that that the bill on that is pretty high to to clean the the whole stadium or whatever. But hmm. I know the security in Atlanta is just ungodly. Just trying to get into the stadium from the pits, they're going through your mechanic bag. They're checking you like as you're like, dude, I'm going to the start line. Like, what are we doing here? We have to go through like a full security thing just to get down back into the dome. It was it was intense. I don't miss that. Yeah, it sounds like the uh, the owners of that stadium are um, 
run yeah. a pretty tight ship by the sounds of it. Yeah. 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 Great venue though. It is. Yeah. Especially too, because yeah. it's us. Hmm. So dude, your your day job, you're a fiber optic tech. Yeah. No. Yep. You still doing that? Yeah. Yeah, we and not so much during the race season. Uh, but yeah, the fiber optic communication cable, man, we just uh through that throughout the summer into the into the winter months and yeah, just splice some fiber, putting it in the ground, open peds up and it's uh luckily my the guy that does my suspension, uh he just merged with another guy and they suspension solution but that guy his main deal is some fiber optic communication cable and so he him being a moto background kind of gave me an opportunity to come work for him and and kind of make like a real living and you know have a like a real job so i've been super blessed to to kind of able to juggle dirt bikes and have a you know steady income at the same time so that's been definitely been a big big plus in my uh career there yeah that suspension solutions guy he's the guy that helped out um helped out our boy jack nunn when he was over there okay um, yeah. yeah jake posey and troy chris that that's those guys right there they're local to me yeah obviously good dudes obviously good dudes helping out uh, a young aussie uh live his dream a bit you know so yeah good on him yeah hey um Tell us about, um, like, uh, when you were a young man, when did the bug first bite for motorcycles? Where did it come from? Come from your dad or? Man, I would say motorcycle racing. Well, how, how this whole motorcycle racing started really is my whole family is a, like a car racing background. My dad raised dirt cars, asphalt cars, Bush North. My uncle in a wheelchair, he raced uh, dirt modifieds. <clears throat> My other uncles raced go-karts. My grandpa raced uh, uh, late models, asphalt late models. So I grew up in a racing family, right? And then here comes, you know, Kyle, and he's the first dirt biker out of the bunch, right? But I wasn't supposed to be, really. I uh, In New York State, if I remember correctly, they had an age limit. To where you could race a go-kart and i'm pretty sure it was i want to say it was like six or seven i may be off on that but um i was went back to school because i obviously couldn't race the go-kart yet i was too young i go to school and this kid's telling me how he races a dirt bike and i'm like what how, how do you how do you race a dirt bike how are you old enough to race a dirt bike and i right away i went right home you know and tell my dad like hey if i can't race a go-kart this kid's racing dirt bikes i think i need to race a dirt bike so you know i every time we went by the yamaha yamaha shop i was i was begging him to pull in there pull in there and luckily somehow i was able to pull enough strings to where we were able to come home with the pw50 and yeah next thing you know we're racing flat track uh motocross the next night i was racing go-karts when i was old enough and doing that for a long time i raced flat track all the way up until i was on 85s we we're doing like three nights of racing like the first night we were doing flat track uh with go-karts the next day we were racing you know a night cross and then sunday we we're racing motocross so i kind of 
kind of just got into it, man. Next thing you know, we were full tilt going into the dirt bikes things and didn't yeah. really think anything of it or didn't know that, like at the time that you could be a professional or if there was any kind of careers. All I knew is I just wanted to race dirt bikes and, and we didn't know anything about the Rettas or, uh, you know, my family didn't know what dirt bike racing was really, but we kind of, kind of learned pretty quick there in the first few years of what, what you got to, got to do and where you got to go and and yeah it's been hooked ever since man i love it man i can i can relate a little bit so my dad raced cars and um okay yeah the, uh, the the his dream was for for me to to do it as well and i did i did for a little while um sort of when i was i don't know when i was sort of you know 19 to 23 or something i raced cars and um and I was actually good at that, um, whereas I'm a, I'm a shitty house dirt bike rider. Huh? But I was a good driver. But man, the the dirt bikes have my heart, you know. So yeah. the car stuff was really cool, mainly because I was good at it. But the um, yeah, I'm, I'm much braver when I got a cage around me, man. So yeah. the, uh, you know, and I think um, I yeah, uh, I just lack the um just the the balance and just the basically the skill for dirt bikes whereas i was um i had the sort of you know i guess the the aggression and the bravery in a car but um yeah it uh, so i can relate to that uh yeah a little bit yeah yeah breaking away mine was basically i got my first dirt bike because uh dad heard that um riding a dirt bike um as a youngster improves you as a driver so that's why but then sadly for him i ended up liking the dirt bike more than the car so yeah and really I, cool man my dad and everybody always says you know with age comes a cage right they're hoping yeah. one that i might hop into a you know a car a race car a dirt car who who knows i know they kind of always hope that but i don't know man i'm i'm 31 and i'm still on a dirt bike it's not looking too good mm. The thing with the car, man, like I, I, I would still love to jump in a race car, and like I would just, oh man, like I'm just, I, I start drooling thinking about it. But man, I remember the, the amount of extra work compared to going to moto, and the amount of extra cost, you know, like oh man, you know, you can just tear up two thousand dollars worth of tires on a weekend, you know, instead of two hundred dollars of yeah, tires, you know, big difference. Um, I still remember after uh, when when I uh, basically got to the stage where we couldn't afford to race the car anymore, you know. And I remember I I, um, I thought I'll I'll go back and try moto again. I was so out of shape and unfit for moto. It was terrible, like you know, um, from from being off the bike, you know. And um, but I remember packing to go to that first moto after that, and I've got like one toolbox and a couple of things, and I'm just like, oh, is that it? You know, where it was, it was like half a day to pack to go car racing, all the stuff you needed, you know. Um, Big box, floor jack, air. Oh, man, so much stuff. And um, and then, yeah, I'm like got this one toolbox, and I'm sort of thinking, geez, how easy is this? Yeah. And then also, you know, you go and, and um, like car racing too, you know, you, there's a lot of sitting around between races, you know. Oh, yeah. um, whereas moto, you know, you can go amateur stuff, you can go, you can sign up for two, three classes and you're just going all day, you know, getting yeah. heaps of, heaps of, um, you're getting heaps of fun in for your money. Yeah. So, yeah, 
it's um but yeah the car stuff certainly good fun man certainly good fun yeah it's any like, any situation you get it in your blood it's hard to you know it's hard to dabble in it and not want to keep going you know because you, yeah. you get bit by that bug and you would just you want to keep going yeah yeah you're either a racer or you're not hey that's that's basically where it is yeah Hey, yeah, um, where you grew up, man, you would have been one of the guys who couldn't ride much in winter. What did you do? Like, how did you, you know, how did you get around that? Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where the arena crossing comes into play because, man, you know, Western New York, we got, we're right up there by the Great Lakes and we get, you know, hit with the the, the lake effect and get a couple of feet of snow. And, we, man, we would go over into Canada. We'd go to Ohio. We had a place in Syracuse, New York, a bunch of indoor facilities that had tracks. And literally, that's what we had to do every weekend. We'd kind of drive, you know, four or five hours to go ride at this indoor track for two days. And and there you were, you know, 20, 30 second lap times and you ride all weekend just doing laps, doing laps. Because, you know, what else could you do, right? You're, you're either going to play in the snow or go ride your dirt bike indoors and put some rubber rubber gloves on underneath your gloves and you know, hope that your hands don't uh, freeze off because it's still cold, even though you're in a building, it's, it's still freezing. But yeah, I think, I really think that's where the the knack and uh, kind of arena cross skill set kind of came into play. It was pretty young just to ride in those uh, small, tight tracks and kind of enjoying it, I guess. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah, thinking about it, it makes makes perfect sense. That cold, man, I can't even begin to imagine being that cold as as you guys get up there (laughs) nowhere in australia gets anything like that cold you know like we we get you know we get a little bit below freezing here in the middle of winter at night that's sort of as cold as we get some of the mountainous regions of australia might get maybe 10 degrees colder than that but there's nothing like nothing like you guys cop over there yeah i can't oh i'd I'd struggle man i'd struggle here, like South Carolina weather, then like down here in the South, I mean, we can pretty much ride year round. And, you know, we're we pretty much December, January, and into February is kind of, you know, it'd be 20 degrees at during the night and 40, 50 degrees during the day. So it's a whole lot better than dealing with three, four foot of snow. Yeah. People generally do ride more here in the winter. Yeah, because you know you cool. can and also um a lot of um you know a, a lot of tracks just struggle to keep moisture in them in the summer you know like i can't imagine the water bill if they if our if our moto season was the summer season i can't imagine the water bill man like that be just they'd be going broke water in tracks so yeah well, yeah good supercross series over there too yeah yeah so our supercross our supercross sort of runs into sort of from i guess um spring into into summer into early summer but yeah supercross yeah it's obviously they can um they can keep the well not always there's been a couple of bad incidents the last couple of years where tracks were extremely dry super tracks but yeah um but yeah our super man man our supercross series it was we're just glad to have any supercross series because we sort of we didn't have one for a little while so yeah you know Kind of it was, it was kind of watch it, especially when a lot of those guys popped over with the World Supercross Series, and you had the one in Melbourne. Uh, you know, I definitely followed it. But always wanted to go to what's the stadium that has like a 
it has like an open part and it kind of has a grass hill and like right down to the ocean or something. There's a stadium over there. Um, or is that New Zealand? It's somewhere. Yeah, it's, player New Zealand. Newcastle? Is it Newcastle? Maybe it's Newcastle. That sort of, yeah, that has a grassy hill and that, yeah. It goes Probably down to Newcastle. Yeah, that's one where um, I haven't been to because the, um, the it's sort of like a regional centre. Okay. And the connecting the connecting flight prices or the or the direct flight prices from Melbourne, even though it's not super far, it's like just about the most expensive place for me to fly to in the country. So I, I do want to check out Newcastle Supercross. Everyone raves about it. They reckon that's the best event of the year. So yeah. Yeah, that's basically that's Chad's hometown. That's okay. a real um it's a real um sort of um moto hub of Australia, you know. Um that that and southeast Queensland, they're sort of the two areas where it's a real there's a big scene, you know. But and yeah, that's um well Chad Chad's hometown was a little town right next to it, you know. So that's sort of where he um he uh he grew up. Yeah. That that's okay, sense. man. Hell yeah. Hey, um, and you got a uh so you're married and you got a little uh you got a son, just not long turned two years old, I seen on your socials. Yeah. So I got a, a little boy, Revan. Uh, he's, you know, I think he's like a two weeks past two, man. He's wide open. Oh, and the scary part is I think I think he's kind of like in love with this dirt bike stuff. And I don't know if I did it to him or what, but makes me makes me nervous, man, because I know what I went through and all the injuries and just everything I went through. And I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure I want him to kind of do that, do that path. And, but you know, if, if he's driven to do something like that, or it just gravitates towards it, I'm not going to tell him no, but I won't mm -hmm. be mad. If he picks up a guitar and just starts singing away and, you know, has finds a different hobby. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, um, you know, it's always, a um, there's always a, that struggle for parents, isn't it? You know, <laughs> like, but I think, you know, you just got to, um, let them follow their own passion, I guess, you know, right. like uh, my daughter, she just likes to trail ride and I'm totally cool with that. That's like a good thing. Cause like, you know, she, um, she's, she's doing this, doing it and I get to ride with her and that sort of thing, which is just, that's the best bit. Um, but yeah, she's not sort of, um, she's not a racer, you know, and I'm very, very cool with that. So yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's good. But yeah, man, I guess if you've got a kid who wants to race, like, man, yeah, you got to let them follow that, let them follow that passion. And yeah, you're never yeah. going to stop. But my dad told me when my kids were little, he said, you will never stop worrying about your kids no matter what they're doing. So even if they're, you know, even if they're going to a concert or, you know, something, you're still always still worrying about what's going on, that if they're safe, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's only been two years, man, but it's been, been a blast and i love every day we get to spend with them and it's definitely puts life in perspective and it's been awesome man being a dad and and it kind of gives me like a little bit more motivation to keep racing you know and kind of that way you know maybe one day he can look back at my career and and kind of see that i didn't give up and and kind of was able to keep pushing through things and and even having him i was able to keep going and and kind of, you know, see what we can do together, you know, see if he can 
see what kind of places we can go and take them and what kind of experiences we could have. It's just, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. It is, man. And, you know, like, Moto, kids growing up around Moto, they get so much good out of it. There's The risk of injury is is shit out, you know, but the, the, the amount of good they get out of it, you know, they have to look after their health. They have to keep fit to be good at it. So they learn... They learn a lot about fitness and eating good and just all those sort of things. And they're outside, fresh air and sunshine and all these sort of things that I'm always yelling at my kids to go and get, you know. Um, a video game screen or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I love it, man, when you're, when you're at an event and um, the the kids are the best part. Like, we, we, when you see, like, um, even the kids that are too little to race yet, or kids just between their race and they've got a shovel and they're making a, a dirt jump for their BMX or the little ones are like got, you know, toys in the dirt and they're sitting in the dirt and all that sort of thing. Like that's the, Build that's, dump. that's, yeah, that's the best, man. That's the best, you know, and you know, I've, um, I can remember one, one that always sticks in my mind. I had these kids come up. You know, mister, can we borrow your shovel? Because I had a shovel and go for it, kids. And they're building this jump and they're laying down like it was real old school. Like when I was a kid, they're laying down and this kid's just launching his BMX or mountain bike or whatever, jumping the other kids. And then they're putting another kid there. And all that. it's like, yeah. That's living. That's kids living, man. That's the best. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I can remember those days. And yeah, that's, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, um, that's Plug the best, man. Very quick, so I don't lose you. Yeah, that's all right. See if I can get this no. thing charge port. There we go. Cool. There we go. No, it's good, man. It's good, good. Hey, um, so you're you're riding and training at Next Level One Hundred One with with my guy DB. Yep. Yeah, we've been riding yeah. out, there and they got a they got a motocross track, supercross track, arena cross track. Uh, yeah, we dabble there pretty much full time is out there at next level. And then we'll bounce over sometimes over at Shoals is another train facility, not far from, from next level, but yeah, me and D DB been going at it pretty good. And we've got a lot of younger kids that I've been riding with that, that are like newcomers into supercross and stuff. So it's kind of been pretty cool. Cause I can kind of, you know, teach them a few things and, or kind of demonstrate things and, and then uh, yeah, maybe pick up on some things that, I kind of forget about too, you know, being down there, you kind of, kind of get old and lazy with certain things like, Oh wait, yeah, I, I got to do that too. What am I doing? Kind of, kind of helps to kind of get refreshed up, man. But no, it's been good. Those guys have been putting a lot of work in out there in that, that facility. I think it's just going to keep your own. Yeah. Cool. You never stop learning, I guess. Hey, you know, no matter no. how old you are or no. how long you've been doing something. And these kids, man, like, you know, even you know, oh, I'm a fair bit older than you, but the way kids can ride so young now, you would have even noticed that over your time. The difference yeah. in, it. yeah, like um, it's just amazing how how good they are so yeah, the quick. Bike, you know? The bike skill they can pick up, you know, from like, I mean, these kids start riding striders and Stasics mm. at like two, three years old, and they can honestly learn a lot of bike skill a lot sooner than just riding a hundred pound PW 50. Cause you know, a 40, 30, 40 pound little kid is not going to really do much on a hundred pound little PW 50. 
but on a Stasic or a Strider, he can learn physics and learn how to pump and just to move, finesse the bike and they start picking up. And I think also it has a lot to do with like this, uh, the social media with like the YouTube and Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, these kids, they obviously they're not supposed to be on there, you know, on Instagram or whatever, but you know, they all are and they're watching the videos and they're seeing how this guy scrubs and they're trying to, you know, reenact all those moves. And next thing you know, they these little 65 riders look like little James Stewart's out there scrubbing things, sending it and, and got the right form and got the right posture at a young age. And you're like, man, how did, how did they learn that so quick? But they just catch on that monkey see monkey do. Right. Yeah. It's amazing, man. You know what like you, you think that you know, 20 years ago, we were looking at, we were looking at Baba in a picture in dirt bike magazine and thinking this, that's fucking impossible. You know, and now you go to a track day and just a just a ride day, and there'll be some kid on a sixty-five out there that's and scrubbing like that. You know? Um, and then you know, you can just imagine them, you know, just replaying replaying videos, you know, watching where where they, you know, how they're doing it and that sort of thing, and straight away just start practicing it, and it's um, it's incredible, you know, and just the the skills that these these kids have you know and that and just the fine balance skills and that sort of thing like you'll see you'll see little kids just doing like slow wheelies around the pits and things like that and like right. you know i mean like years ago like that was like a uh, circus trick you know that right. someone could do a slow wheelie there's like you know you, you might see see that like once a year you know might see doug demokos doing that or something like that the old wheelie king and now the kids can just do that. It's it really is um, it's amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't allowed to practice my soul wheelers. I'd take out too many back fenders. I wasn't allowed to do none of that. Kind of wish I did because I'm not I'm not too good at my slow wheelies. I can do a decent kind of semi fast wheelie, but no slow wheelie. Yeah. Oh, look, man. That's yeah. That a slow wheelie's been. I've been practicing and trying to do that for. I don't know over 20 years and i still haven't got it last time i yeah last time i tried to practice it i hurt myself so yeah i think i've i think i've given i think i've shelved that it's yeah. never going to happen so retired from the slow wheelie yeah. yeah yeah man yeah you gotta you know you gotta gotta realize your limitations at some stage hey that's it man that's it yeah so um what's your um like do you have like um you know i guess a couple of parts do you have sort of um set goals for the arena cross and then also um do you have like any moto bucket list things so maybe different things you'd like to do like racing a gncc or you know another discipline or or racing in another country or anything like that yeah i think i mean like every year uh going into the race season or whatever we always set goals as you know this year was the goal started off to, you know, go for the championship. And then, uh, you know, things happen, certain things don't go your way. And then next thing you know, you kind of have to like go back to the drawing board and kind of, okay, now what are our goals, you know? Right. So like, I'm, now I'm at that point where, you know, I'm kind of too far back in points to really fight for a title. So now I'm kind of like, all right, what's my next goal here? Well, my next goal is I, I want to win main events. So, you know, for the rest of the years, I want to at least be a podium guy and just win, win and uh, yeah, and really just enjoy it. You know, enjoy these times because uh, yeah, I, I don't know for sure if I'm gonna race next year or not, but 
you know, enjoy these times that I can, but, and then and into the supercross portion, you know, I got goals to, uh, make main events there. You know, I want to be a main event guy, you know, I don't know where that puts me in the main event or how that leads out, but I would love to be a main event guy. And then also, you know, I always have bucket list stuff that you want to do and racing and, uh, buckle this stuff and definitely would not be to race at GNCC. That's for sure. I would not want to do three hours out there with Stu Baylor and grind away. That's not on my list, but I would love to, you know, make a 450 main event and uh, just to say that I did and um, maybe do a couple of the outdoor national races, like go to a certain tracks that I've never been to before. Uh, you know, I've never been to Red Bud. Would love to go to Red Bud. Uh, always wanted to go to Washougal just because I don't know, a place just looks amazing and you hear mixed, uh, reviews on the tracks, but I just, the place looks amazing. So some things mm. like that and, and yeah, and just be able to stay on a dirt bike and maybe hit some, you know, pretty fun events, you know, that day in the dirt that, that Red Bull puts on would be awesome. Uh, if, if the straight rhythm ever came back, I'd love to do that on a two stroke. That would be sick. That would definitely be a bucket list thing, but yeah, pretty much, man. That, that that's what it looks like right there. Yeah, what um, like what uh, big sort of outdoor tracks and that did you get to ride as a junior up in uh, in New York? So like, uh, we grew up racing Broomtauga, which they had an outdoor national, I think, up until two thousand four or five, I believe. Yep. Uh, but I raced there so much as a kid growing up. And, uh, I, I can remember to this day, like when the first time I went there on a big bike, I think I was on like a two V two stroke back in schoolboy or B class. And I was able to hit like the, the downhill triple, like the Carmichael triple. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it probably wasn't even faster. You could have like scrubbed double and shot off the flat three. But just to say that I actually, you know, I've been coming to this track ever since I was on a 50 and I watched Carl Michael hit the triple and then, and then, you know, fast forward 10 years later and I'm racing schoolboy class and I hit, hit the triple and I just thought that was awesome. But, uh, so definitely Broomtauga, Unadilla, of course, being another New York track, uh, yeah. High Point, Pennsylvania, and actually to Steel City. Uh, I think that was one of my first outdoor races. I think Dilla was, and then I went right to Steel City, I believe so. So that's another PA track and Bud's Creek. Um, trying to think of the, any other nationals. I went to Southwick once before, pretty much all the Northeast ones. Yeah. Because at the time, there wasn't any, any uh, Southeast nationals at the time, like WW wasn't around we had muddy creek for a few years and uh i i did those for a couple of years i think that only lasted like four years or so but yeah none of the none of the west rounds or the midwest so you know like uh millville never been to millville uh still never been to like Glen helen or paul or nothing like that freestone you know so there, there's definitely a lot of tracks that I still got on my list that I could hit, but just, mm. uh, yeah, just never had the opportunity or the right, right way to get out there to, to make it happen. A lot of, that's a lot of cool tracks, man, that you got to hit as a junior though. Who was like, um, yeah. 
who who was your rivals? You know, who who was your who was your junior rival or rivals? Shoot, uh, rivals like growing up early in like fifties and sixties, like fifty class was like the local kid was uh, Brandon Mays. He was like uh, the the local kid that me and him would battle out, and then uh, 60, <coughs> 65s and eighties, they were kind of mixed up. I'm trying to think who was. I think we raced Luke Reslin a lot when he would come up, uh, and then we'd go down to like New Jersey. Um, trying to think, Ryan Zavrol was always like the Binghamton kid. That was real, real fast. Yeah, that's that's the two kids that I think come to mind that would kind of be like around my speed at the time, you know. But yeah. there was another local kid in the area, Andrew Bristol, and he passed away now. But uh, he was super fast at a certain tracks, and and we actually had some pretty good battles on big bikes too before before he passed away. But yeah, there there were some uh, uh, some good Northeast riders at the at the time that were pretty quick. There's a lot of guys that are like ahead of me, a few years ahead of me that I've always kind of looked up to, to that uh, growing up in that area, like Matt Babbitt, he was super good. Uh, obviously, Jason Lawrence, I remember Jason Lawrence coming to Binghamton a lot, like this one time, because uh, my number was 381 at the time. And I think he had like his Loretta number, it was like 38. And for some reason, he had to either slash it or put a one, so it looked like 381. I thought it was like the coolest thing because J Law was out there on the Suzuki at you know throwing whips over the dinner table at Bruntalga, and he's got like 381 on his bike. I'm like, dude, what? That could be me out there. So I then like the next week, I got I got to go get the no fear gear, and I got to look like I'm J Law with the hair sticking out the helmet and stuff, right? So that was that yeah. was definitely cool. Guys like that to look up to. Awesome. What about uh, what about Bam Bam? Did you come across him? And like he, yeah. What's the age difference there? Uh, Bam Bam says he he moved to Georgia pretty early on, but I think he was, I think he's a year, year or so, maybe two years. Adam, we were like always mixing classes, so I think yep. up until like schoolboy year, um, yeah, up until like schoolboy, like we didn't really race much. But I remember we went to like a local track in Alabama and I don't even know if this was on like practice, practice day or what, but I remember like I ran it up in on Barsha and we were both on 125s and he kind of like went off the track. And next thing you know, he like kind of like cut the track or something. I was like brake checking me and he was like toying with me. He was probably thinking like, who the hell is this kid think he's going to run with me, right? And I was yeah. like, what the hell? But a funny story is like his mom came and like cussed me out for like running his son off the track. And like, you know, she's a, she's a straight New Yorker. She like cussed my ass out. And I was a little like 14 years old. I was like petrified to even go race after that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this, she might whoop my ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> she would add to be tough because just imagine him as a kid. Like he must, he must have been a handful as a kid. Yeah. God, right. like, oh uh, man he was like, sick dude he was badass on huh? 85 125 yeah. he was nasty still is yeah 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 he's uh yeah he's a funny dude that's for sure man yeah yeah cool man i might i've got just some other sort of random different questions man yeah um what skill what skill would you love to have 
What skill would I love to have? Non-moto non stuff. Just what other skill would you love to have? Oh, man, like I, <clears throat> like I said before when I was talking about my son, Revan, if he could pick up and play a guitar, I think that'd be awesome. I think if I could play a guitar, I think I would enjoy that. I don't, I don't think I could. I don't think I have the skill set or, or the, the mental capacity to do that. But, man, if, if I was, you know, they could bring down the superpowers and give me the powers to play guitar, I'd love to jam out to, to some rock country or something. It would be awesome. That's the same as me, man. Yeah, I'd love to be yeah. able to play the guitar. So right. I have tried, I have tried and failed miserably. But my daughter's learning now, so and she's actually got some, got some a little bit more skill than me and and more patience. So she might, yeah. yeah, that might be awesome. cool if she does that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way, man. Another, another fun question a lot ask people is, uh, so who's your celebrity hall pass? So if uh, if Mrs. Bitterman gave you gave you a chance at a uh, at a celebrity, who's that? Oh man, celebrity hall passive. That was everything. It, this would have to go back to like our middle school days when me and Jess, when me and my wife started dating. Like uh, for the longest time, I had a crush on uh, Carrie Underwood when I was like way back, way back in the day. So uh, yeah, it would definitely have to be Carrie Underwood for sure. Yeah, so you're a country music man? Yeah, I, I love country. I grew up around it. So I love the country music and. Yeah, the uh, country music singer uh, Carrie Underwood was definitely yeah, definitely her at the time for sure. Yeah, I like I like old school country. Like my music tastes are all pretty old, you know. Um, and I didn't actually know who Carrie Underwood was, but I had that same answer to that question. Oh, last year at one stage with a mate who's into big into country, and he yeah. explained to me he explained who she is. So yeah, so yeah. But, uh, then, then at least you know but, who I'm talking about. Then. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you'd be a, a lot of people, uh, a lot of dudes your age. Um, it's it's uh, the most common one answer for that is Margaret Robbie for sure. She yeah. she gets that she gets yeah. that answer a lot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, man. Cool. That's the guy. Um, I'll just have a look at me other um, me other questions here, man. Who was your childhood hero? Uh, Either child, moto or yeah. anything, you know. Man, it's probably the. I don't know because I've always followed moto, so I. It'd have to be like, really, probably Ricky Carmichael. Man, it's just as a kid growing up around that age, and he dominated. So like, you thought Ricky Carmichael was just God at the time, you know? That's he was pretty much like Superman to us, you know. Growing up, it was just. You know, he's winning everything, won all the titles. You know, he had the monster sponsorship by the time. You know, we're running around the pits trying to get free monster cans. So, uh, definitely be Ricky Carmichael for sure. Cool, man. Cool. What's the um, what's the best bit of advice that uh, our guy DB has given you? Uh, best advice, man, is probably – it was probably not too long ago either. It was probably like two, two or three weeks ago. Um, I had, you know, like I was telling you, I had that concussion where I came together and hit, hit my head and I had a bunch of small injuries from that too. Like I'm jacked up my leg and my, uh, separated my AC joint and I was dealing with the concussion stuff and 
Then I was dealing with like a bunch of bike issues at the same time. And DB came over to me and he was like, man, what's going on with what are we struggling with? And I had just like, I was like, dude, this, that, this, this. And he's like, oh man, so we're dealing with a lot, right? I was like, yeah, dude, I just don't know what to do. He's like, I know what you need to do. He's like, press the reset button. He's like, just let everything go. Just focus on here on forward and reset. And it kind of like, I kind of, at first I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like sitting there thinking, I'm like, no, dude, he's absolutely right. Like, I just got to reset, you know, because I was kind of bummed that I put myself out of the championship thing and, and kind of, you know, I was already kind of on a downhill spiral there and dealing with some stuff. And I was like, you know what? I can't control none of that. I can't control what happens next. But I can do is put the work in to kind of reset and and make the best of my situation. So, yeah, I kind of took 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 to that pretty quick, and yeah, I've been doing that ever since. So I would say that had to be one of the things that it it, it was super small for him to say that, but I feel like it impacted me the most, really. Yeah, sometimes it takes someone else to say it, doesn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. It just, it just to make things click. Yeah, you can't always, um, you know, you. A lot of people fly solo a bit too much. Hey? You need you need someone in your corner just to sometimes it is just the simplest things. Yeah. Yeah. For I those agree. that are for those that are watching on video, there you go. DB's even here with us tonight. There you go. <laughs> if you're listening, I'll just explain. I have got a special um a special DB t shirt on. So you'll have to watch if you want to want to see yeah. it. That's the uh, the go. Man, um what um so the old question of uh, if you had one album to listen to for the rest of your life, you had to choose one. What is it? <coughs> Man. One album. It's kind of funny because, like, I was just talking about being a country dude, country music, but it'd probably be, like, the 50 Cent album, Get Rich or Die Trying. As I, I know a lot of those songs for whatever reason, and, and Still to this day, they come on my my playlist, and I I listen to a lot of them still to this day. Probably that one. Cool, man. So your playlist is a bit bit varied, then, man. What else is so you got you got a bit of rap on there? You got the country. Oh, what else? You know? my, what else you got on funny, there? Like, and me and my buddies will be like uh, cruising in the truck or the van, and I'll have like you know my Apple Apple Music on, and it will go from like the sad sad country to like straight hardcore rap back to like a decent slow rock to like a old school blank 182 emo song to back to country and it's just like they're like what is this i'm like dude i listen to everything man if it's good i like it yeah i'm like that too man i've got to all you know basically i'm i'm like an old school rock and 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 particularly grunge guy Right. Um, that's just that's my era, man. Late eighties, early nineties is my sort of era as a, as that's my glory days, you know. Yeah. So, um, but man, I like a bit of just yeah, so much different stuff, you know. Like my my playlist could be like it could go from like Johnny Cash to Rage Against the Machine to um, to some to a bit of country, yeah, a bit of bit of newer country to. Um, I got all to that. A, a bit of ice, to, to a bit of ice cube, you know, you know, then, yeah, ice cube, and then you know, like some, um, 
some just random thing that I've, I only know one song of the band, but I heard it and I liked it and I added it to Spotify. I don't even know any of their other songs. You know, I got I got a few of those. So yeah, yeah, but um, that's funny. That's the uh, that's the go, man. Yeah, and anywhere I go, it, it just about I nearly got Spotify going like my whole life, all the time. Unless I'm listening to a podcast, I'm listening to music. So yeah, certainly, uh, certainly do love that, man. Absolutely love it. Oh. You got to have a variety, that's for sure. You got to gotta go with what your mood is or change your mood and got to have it on mm. speed dial to find something. So got to have a mixture. Yeah. yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you listened to some of DB's songs? The old main event not. band? I've, I've probably heard some of them that he's shared, but I, I haven't like <clears throat> listened to any that I know of really off the top of my head. Yeah. But I know he listens to uh like the stuff he posts and stuff like that he's got you know some pretty hardcore rock stuff that he listens to mm. kind of like yeah, a yeah. style rockish but yeah. yeah i can get down with it as well <laughs> that's the way man all right man i've kept you for an hour i don't wanna, sometimes we run a little bit longer but i don't want to keep you up too late because i know you're on the east coast no um, you're good no worries so couple of things man that we do to close out the show um give me your best aussie accent aussie accent yeah what what would i say that would be real ah, just go with just go with a um just just give me and uh, give me a put another shrimp on the barbie put another shrimp on the barbie <laughs> that does that sounds like <laughs> That sounds like Minnesota or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all right. Not the what worst that, one I've heard. What's Not up, the worst mate? one I've heard. What's the mate? What's up? What's up, mate? Yeah, yeah that's a bit better. What's that's up, a mate? bit better, yeah. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Now, that's just a fun thing I like to do. Yeah. You're definitely not the worst, man. There's been heaps worse, but yeah. You're somewhere <laughs> in there, in, in midfield on the, on the midfield, Aussie accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. Do you have any other? Do you have any questions or topics that you wanna you wanna talk about? Do you wanna maybe even like um, do you wanna shout out um, sponsors, anything at all that you wanna bring to the show? Yeah. Now go back to the the accent thing. Now see if my wife is out here. I mean, she picks up on like accents and like just can like do stuff. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I can't even change <coughs> how I talk, and she'll just be talking in this accent that accent <laughs> just drop the phone it's all good man yeah don't my break your phone mate. my tire sam must not be too straight but no yeah. but yeah no to close it out uh yeah i guess i guess shout out to you know the whole last impression race team that kind of has been keeping me going here the past uh shoot i'd say since end of 2019 those guys been a huge supporter of me the whole thompson family uh, last an impression uh ashley mobile electric those guys you know he's uh ashley's my mechanic that comes traveling you know spends a lot of his own money just to come help me uh race weekends and uh grinds it the whole weekend like it's his job literally he he treats it like it's his job you know he's out there changing tires graphics doing whatever i need change if we got suspension doesn't question it he just does it because he loves it and he's there for me so that that's you know a huge blessing and uh, uh like i was talking earlier those uh suspension solution 
guys, Jake and Troy, you know, uh, I'm not like the easiest going guy in suspension. I'm pretty picky. And, and when you've been riding for this long, you're always looking for a certain feel. So I always put those guys to the test and we're always trying to improve and, and, uh, they put a lot of work in for me to kind of, kind of make sure I'm pretty happy and comfortable and have that extra confidence to go racing. So, but yeah, man, the, everybody that supports the team, FXR, heck, my wife, my little boy, Rev, uh, Guts Racing, Dunlop Tires, uh, Privateer Connection. So everybody that supports me, that uh, keeps the underdog going, uh, uh, very thankful to do this. You know, um, I've had a, a friend of mine that supported me through the, I would say, like my amateur and amateur career. But he would always kind of like tell me like, hey, man, like, I know you're not where you want to be, but you're a lot further than, than most people. And how many people would just, you know, die to be in your position. So kind of reevaluate, reevaluate what you're thinking and kind of, you know, be thankful where you are. So I've always kept that in perspective and uh, definitely, uh, you know, grateful to be still here riding dirt bikes and uh, yeah, living 31 years old and still being a professional racer. It's pretty awesome. It is awesome, man. You know, like I say to people, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big um, person with perspective, and you know, sometimes you just, if you break it right down to, um, you know, you look at your results, and you think about how many people are riding um, moto or, or arena cross, how many people are riding arena cross in America, and you're one of the top three of all those that huge number of people you know so man like it's fucking amazing when you think about it isn't it you know yeah and you could get caught up and getting kind of down to the dumps while you're not the number one guy but you know Mm. gotta be the second and third and you know thankfully i'm i'm one of those guys so yeah just pumped to be still here doing it man yeah well man good luck for the uh for the season man i'll be certainly um I'll be uh, I'll be rooting for you. I just damn I wish that these they gotta get a broadcast thing happening for the Aussies because we want to watch it. So yeah. right. able to watch it. Like, can you not watch it through the app? No, no, not not that I know of. No, I think you know. I, I um, if there's a way that I haven't tried, I can try it or whatever. But yeah, I um, yeah. Well, I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to talk to the the arena cross guys. They're like, hey. We're missing out on some, you know, Australia, man. Because you know Aussies that um that love you know the American scene like me, you know we we I'd watch I would watch every arena cross if I could watch it, you know. So, um, yeah, there's there you know like all things you can get some dodgy YouTube version or whatever, but yeah, if anyone's listening and then they figured out a way to watch it in Australia, let me know because I want to watch it. I'll go back and watch all the old races. So I'm crazy like that. So. Okay. Yeah, cool, man. That's all right. Hey, so to close out the show, man, um, something a bit different, something a bit weird. I um, I sing a little bit of Kenny Rogers to close out the show. So um, if you know Kenny Rogers, the gambler, man, when I get to the chorus and you want to, if you if you know it and you're comfortable and you want to jump on in, then jump on in, man. A lot of people, most people don't, but I'm always hopeful that someone's going to. So we'll, we'll slide into that. And uh, yeah, give it a shot if you know the words. So I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette 
and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet. And his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the deal is done. Heck yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. And good luck, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Cheers, man.